and I'll ask our First Lady to get ready, and maybe we'll do a countdown from 10. So we'll go 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. While JMA was waiting, have a good time tonight. College funding. Then he buys himself a ticket and takes a flight. Kind of like Japan with Jim and them. Just a different land. Cause here at KSP, we always heard about the skin. Cardio between 2008 and 2018. Triple H is winning too much. I thought this guy won in like 2003. Wasn't he beating Goldberg at one point? Why does this have to continue five years after, then 10 years after? And I think you can go back five years before and you're still winning. There wasn't even a sledgehammer then, Ricardio. Tonight we're going to be covering Crown Jewel, of course, Ron Smackdown this week. But we're going to start with... 2008, like we have the last few weeks, Ricardo. And we miss Vleeties, he's on vacation, but I've missed you too, because Wars been on vacation. So what better occasion than Judgment Day 2008, Ricardo? And we won't start with Hunter. We're dealing with Triple H at the end. What an upsetting cage match. I've never said that. I've never been upset by a cage match. Loved all of them. Even that one where fucking David Arquette went through it and won. Didn't he win a belt that way? Uh, I think somebody, I think you're thinking of RVD. He beat Kane that way. And then Eric Bischoff came out and said, no, baby, you got to go over it or out the door. Oh, the RVD concussion in that event. I feel for him still to this day. It probably ended his career. Luckily, the medicine, the marijuana helped him out, Ricardo. But Judgment Day 2008 would start with good news. So good. We're starting positively with JBL. We just made a JBL video on the whole and Show YouTube channel. This YouTube channel, Ricardo. And it's called Hire JBL. And it should be a fucking hashtag. How do you do hashtags on YouTube? Some videos I click on, there's a title, then a hashtag under it. I want hashtag Hire JBL back. And I know you were one of the hashtag Fire JBL libtards from San Francisco. But seeing him back in 2008 at Judgment Day against John Cena, putting on a main event match to open it, like Donald Trump's 
debate is on at the same time. Like AJ Styles has to do the main event first. Remember that, Ricardio, back in the SmackDown's third hour days? Uh, what was that? No Mercy? They should have the main event first all the time. Like at that No Mercy with AJ Styles and at this Judgment Day with JBL. What a fucking match. Should have been an Iron Man match. Now, somehow, Ricardio, John Cena would survive JBL's master lock. Oh, and he would go on to win. What'd you think of this? And how great is JBL? You know, here's the thing, right? This was around the time that I really got into wrestling. I didn't see much of JBL because, uh, you know, 2008, that was kind of the year where he was starting to mold into that commentary thing. I think like next year or so, uh, Rey Mysterio retired him, you know. But uh, I forgot how. Spoiler, Ricardo. We didn't cover 2009 yet. Right, we're not now, get that. also, though, Ricardo, I did spoil it for myself. I took a nap today watching Judgment Day 2008, and I woke up and Judgment Day 2009 was on. <laughs> and The Miz was way cooler. Spoiler. I know we're going to cover this in like a month, but The Miz calling out John Cena in 2009. Santino in 2009. All right, don't get me started. Look at what you did. Bringing up 2009. I'm going to bring up DX 2009 in a second, Ricardo. Oh, God. I have a <laughs> DX 2009 fucking DVD. I, I went to DX 2009. Shit. Fuck oh, it. Ain't here. DX 2009, I'm an I do. Ain't here. We're covering 2009. Because Vleeties said 2008 is the year that removed him from wrestling. So he wasn't even there in 2009. By the way, Ricardo, the one of the reasons we're covering 2008 is because I wasn't there. War was ending its first full year by this time of Judgment Day 2008, and I was not interested. So let's get some of your history. What, what were you, like 10 in, in 2008? What, where were you? Were you watching wrestling? Did you see Judgment Day 2008 when it happened? Did you see the master lock by JBL when it happened? See, here's the thing, right? I had uh, kind of a little bit of a sheltered childhood. My mom, I tried to get into wrestling when I was eight. So like, you know, 2005, I think, you know, but uh, she was like, no, this is too violent. Not having it. Three years later, apparently 11 years old. I'm mature enough to watch wrestling. I'm mature enough to watch my first ever favorite wrestler, Jeff Hardy. Kevin, when he won the WWE championship, I wrote a poem about him in middle school. Oh, my God. Jeff Hardy is going to be on this event. I'm so happy for you. I wasn't happy watching it or for myself or for anyone in the arena. But now that I know you like him, I'm happy for you. And we'll talk about that when we get to it. John Cena did beat JBL. And you spoiled 2009 a minute ago. And let me know that John JBL is going to be having that sad kneel in the ring soon where he retires. I saw that at one point. It's very upsetting. JBL is a very bad... Probably the only worst way to go out, besides getting maybe tossed in a dumpster like Jericho, could be the Batista in the wheelchair with the sling. I don't know, but a good heel needs to go out like that, Ricardio. But after John Cena beats JBL, we see King William Regal looking menacing in a sweet Ricardio. What a face. This is all he should <laughs> ever do. He should have been stinged. The fuck we put the crow on the wrong guy imagine william regal up in the rafters like this when he was in his luxury box his presidential suite by the way i got a presidential alert from william regal back in 2008 he was doing that shit before anyone else when we had slider phones but i love the look on his face all the time his accent covers any problems in his promos which there are none anyway once william william regal lost weight 
He became the perfect wrestler. And this might just be 2008 talking, Ricardio. You might find whenever we watch these 2008 events, I love everything that happened. I fill in the blanks with stuff I love even more, whether it happened or not. I mean, William Regal is the best. He won King of the Ring here, right? Whether or not he did, I'm filling that in. And just seeing him for this little moment, watching John Cena walk to the back, it just brought a smile to my face in a way that Crown Jewel didn't. See, I was high as fuck when I was watching Judgment Day 2008. So, yeah, William Regal was kind of a prominent figure in my memory of it, just replaying it in my brain. Like, there's, like, matches, and then intercut between them is, like, shots of William Regal's horrible sneer that he does. That I I like him, man. William Regal's great. I, I'm totally on board with this William Regal look. Bischoff built him. Shut up. He made him the blue blood, and that's where he got the sneer. He was just fat. I mean, watching William Regal on Nitro, Stephen Regal, wrestle on the network, he's impressive, and he can really work, Ricardio. But then he's got thighs, and it looks like an upskirt's <laughs> happening every time he's laying down. It's like, what the fuck? I shouldn't be seeing this. <sighs> but we got to see him make a menacing face at Judgment Day. And who would have thought 10 years before? You were not You were dead, I think. You were like one year yeah, old. Yeah, I didn't exist. You and Jess Mayall and the love of my life were both... You both born in 97. And in that year when you were born, I was watching Nitro. And I forget what I was even talking about now because I'm just thinking about you and just my Allen being born. You're so <laughs> adorable. For when you can see what I'm seeing. <sighs> Ricardio, Mick Foley and Michael Cole would show up next. And Ryan Van Fleet, my typical TWFS co-host, he was very offended last week by Michael Cole pretending, oh no, Jim Ross, knowing how to text or vote. And they're doing this again. They're doing more text voting. And Mick Foley makes the worst joke about not knowing how to vote that I know Validius would have known verbatim, would have been pissed about, but I just let it go. I'm sure I'll hear it about that from him next week, Ricardio. Absolutely. I remember this too, Mick Foley talking about, I think he did it at Unforgiven or Judgment Day, Day 2008 as well. He made a yeah. joke about uh, fucking not knowing how to text vote. Michael Cole and Mick Foley is like a very weird pairing to me. It almost seems like they got Joey Styles to do it on the extras for Mick Foley's hardcore DVD. And, I'm, and it almost seems like kind of like that weird pairing where it's like the dipshit announcer and then like the hardcore nice guy. Well, I don't know. Well, it's just the Mick Foley pairing. Him with anyone is weird. Imagine him with Todd Phillips. That would be awesome. But with yeah. a little weird. I mean, Michael Cole is the guy that's been there for decades. He's the voice of the show. If any pairing with him is weird, it's the other guy's fault. And Mick Foley sucks. He's the worst. His hit last week when he's like, everyone's noticing I'm not the coach. <laughs> and it's just Michael Cole is like looking in between the camera and him, just staring diagonally off, off site, <laughs> hoping the moment ends. Uh, Mick Foley's been terrible, and I don't think Vince is yelling at him enough. And I'm trying to, because Mick Foley's been very vocal about Vince screaming in his ear, and I'm trying to like really focus on Mick every time he talks. Like I would be screaming at him right here, and then his voice will get low and high, like he's getting yelled at while talking. Like yes, thank God. I don't know. Mick Foley falls flat every time he speaks for me, and I'm more impressed with Taz, Taz and Adamly, who we see next, who uh, intro the dirt sheet, Ricardio. Who is this thing over fucking hyped? It, what's more overrated than the dirt sheet, which, if you don't know what that is, Ricardo, that is The Miz back when you wore shorts. And uh, also with John Morrison 
Back after he was Johnny Nitro. And they were tag champions. And on WWE.com, they had the dirt sheet. And apparently they were left to their own devices and could do whatever they wanted. And based on the clips we saw here, I believe that. Just fart <laughs> jokes. Cane, uh, Miz puts on a, a cane hat, Ricardio. And it looks all scary and dark and red. And the Miz goes, uh, kids are afraid of monsters in the closet and i'm immediately thinking yes we're gonna make a joke about kane being gay <laughs> fuck yeah he's in the closet sucking someone off he's gonna go molest that kid like seven in wcw and then he goes i'm a monster and i wet myself or wait yeah he talks about peeing himself i don't even know if i did it justice ricardio but i don't know if i could the miss is that good of a performer he starts sucking his thumb how unforgettable Man, he was already doing that Hollywood actor gimmick even back then. I don't remember, like, I definitely didn't laugh a whole lot at this uh, dirt sheet segment. All I can really remember from it is the Miz's, like, awful Undertaker hair. I, I, it, it's, it's fucking 10 years almost before the Undertaker had this god awful, like, weird short mohawk. The Miz has it now. And the Morrison, John Morrison's finisher, the Moonlight Drive, that thing fucking sucks. It's well, the with, biggest piece of shit I've ever seen. With John Morrison, the thing about the dirt sheet is that's as comfortable as John Morrison can get. There's no suit in the room, no writer, no Vince, no one judging him. He's him and a, like, I guess them two and a producer. They outnumbered the people. It was them and a cameraman doing it all themselves. And he still looks a little too nervous. And when he's doing his CM Punk thing, and, and Ricardo, if you didn't catch it, he has CM Punk X's on his hands. And what does he even say? I it's, oh, I wish I, it's not as unforgettable as the Miz sucking his thumb as Kane. Or Triple H fucking that dead girl as Kane. Maybe John Morrison should have just done something as Kane. I don't know, but he was CM Punk, and he was talking about how he uh, it was something girly. It was terrible. I didn't like it, Ricardo, but we moved forward into them wrestling, which I loved. Oh, the Moonlight Drive, whatever the fuck you just said. I bet that happened. The Miz came out. He did stuff. Kane was not happy about the thumb sucking. And we got to see the CM Punk Kane tag team. How did this happen, Ricardo? Do you remember? I, <laughs> that was actually one of my biggest questions was like, CM Punk and Kane were a tag team? I, this is this was something that completely slipped my mind. It kind of makes sense if you think about Kane and like how he's kind of like always tag teaming with like X-Pac or RVD or Daniel Bryan, like some fast little guy that, that can either betray him or he has like a horribly brutal uh, cell match with him or something. Uh, here... I don't I don't know what they could possibly have in common, honestly, as individuals. Like I can only imagine they're setting up EC the ECW title feud, but doesn't CM Punk get called up soon? And you know what he it has is? the money in the bank. Why would he care about the ECW title? Well, I guess that's why, because he has money in the bank. Maybe that's what it is. Keep the briefcase close to the champ. Because at that time we think he's still ECW. I don't know. It's weird because they didn't seem to tease that at all during it. So maybe as wrestling fans, we're supposed to be programmed to know these two are gonna turn on each other and we might get a cash in that doesn't ever happen though ricardio but this is a star-studded match it's it's 2008 we have the mitt beholder the ecw champion the wwe tag champs and somehow john morrison and miz win of course cm punk gets pinned and john morrison pins punk the miz takes a great choke slam on the floor could be spot of the night ricardio which if you didn't know ricardio that's an award i've been giving away to all the 2008 events well, that's an absolutely good pick. I mean, shit, man. Uh, uh, chokes him on the outside. You know, every time I see, like, like Dean Ambrose, he peeled away that uh, mat. I, I, I really want to step on that shit and find out what it's made of. If it's, like, memory foam or if it's, like, this 
polymer rubber shit that keeps the wrestlers from getting hurt. I guess not if they keep. I always imagine it's way soft or way harder than it probably is. They've had decades to master whatever that mat is to get the perfect layering and of the uh, perfect material for you to be able to fall on it. And people do bump on it pretty hard. But whenever there's falls going anywhere, the ref doesn't really count that hard on it. It's almost like concrete. I don't know. I feel like anything on that would hurt. Yeah, probably. Well, it is like they see it. It is like one or two inches thick, like whatever it is, even if it's like the best material in the world, there's only so much shock absorption you can build into an inch, bro. Uh, what'd you think of Mike Adamley in this match, though? Because I didn't like him. I, I You you mentioned Taz and uh, Mike Adamley doing well. I thought Mike Adamley was kind of stuttery and he called CM Punk's amazing roundhouse kick a right hand. You know, he did shit like that. Oh, that's like UFC 3 commentary, where I'll knock a guy out and they'll be like, slam! Oh, he went for the arm bar. God, slam for the knockout. And I was like, that was not a slam. We were standing. I don't know, Ricardo. I didn't pay attention. I think I was jerking off during this one. But I looked over and saw CM Punk get pinned, gave out a little sigh, went right back to my Kev takes. Ricardo, Shawn Michaels faces Chris Jericho. And this is the feud of the year, I assume. It ends up getting the title at the pay-per-view that started this mess, this TWFS 2008 journey, which was Unforgiven 2008. And at that, Ricardio, we got to see this Shawn Michaels versus Jericho after Jericho punched his wife. And what a brutal match. Shawn Michaels whipped him with his belt. Now, we get to see how this feud started, and I love this storyline, with Jericho not believing HBK's knee injury from the Batista match. And... What a story. I didn't know it ended like this. So during the promo video, I'm on the edge of my seat. Yeah, me too. I'm basically Batista if the storyline was real. Like, I was so invested. I'm like, if he's faking, he's dead. If he was faking, who would have thought he was faking? And Jericho was right the whole time. Because, yeah, he comes out. uh, Apparently, Jericho ends up believing that the injury is real because he witnesses in a tag match with HBK where HBK fakes it the whole time. It makes Jericho wrestle alone. Uh, and hits a kick at the end. Jericho saw the pain on his face and fell for it. So then HBK comes out and goes, no, I, I'm, I have something to admit. I'm, I'm not injured. It's like, what the fuck? If I was watching that live, I would start throwing <laughs> drinks if I was there live. Oh, that would fucking drive me nuts. I can't believe Shawn Michaels was ever on my top five of all time. This is so shady. He deserves that crooked eye. He goes, I'm not injured. And Jericho goes, Shawn, I know you're injured. I saw And he goes, Chris, trust me, I'm not. And then he kicks him. And then he leans down and goes, believe me, I'm not injured. Believe me when I tell you, I'm not injured. (sighs) Then he does this dance out of the ring, this like agile, over-the-top rope spin. I hate Shawn Michaels. I'm glad he's bald. Although, bald is cool. (laughs) Let's not get the wrong message out there. I shave my head by choice. It's just awesome. Shawn Michaels does it because he's balding. I'm not balding. I shave, get that camera on me when I say I shave my head by choice. Sorry, Ricardo. I'm just ranting about my former number one of all time. And what a storyline this is, Ricardo. Oh, my goodness. It's, it was absolutely amazing. You're right. I was on the edge of my seat. Like, just like, oh, my God. D- what, during the video package, like, my brain was just like, is Sean fucking injured? What the fuck? And then he kicks Chris Jericho. Like, what the fuck? Sean's a dick. What the fuck's happening? So absolutely wonderful Well, the crazy thing is when he admits that he's not injured, he sells the knee injury the whole entrance. He's walking to the ring to interrupt Jericho, holding his knee and shit. And he goes, I'm not injured. 
What a fucking scumbag. What a cunt. Oh, I wish I was watching this at the time. Can't believe I ever took one second off from wrestling. It's always the biggest mistake, Ricardo. And also, during this match, either Jericho had way too much fake tan on certain parts, or Shawn Michaels' tan was rubbing off on certain parts. Because right on the shoulders... And, like, it was really dark. And this is the beginning of the HD era, the first year in HD. So they must not know how to even out this fucking fake tan. Jericho looked ridiculous. But it ended with Jericho getting rolled up for cardio. Just like their WrestleMania match, a quick uh, out-of-nowhere pin attempt gets the win for HBK. Oh, I love stuff like that, man. I like non-finisher endings, you know, interspersed between like, oh, you know, he hit the the tombstone pile driver, he won the match. This match had a lot of back bridges, Kevin, which is something I think is lost today. There needs to be more back bridges. Where the fuck is that? Daniel Bryan, I feel like, did that with John Cena at, like, at SummerSlam 2013, and then nobody else did it again for the rest of wrestling. It needs to come back, dude. Well, Shawn Michaels had to make up for that failed one with Ric Flair at WrestleMania, so he did like four of them tonight. <laughs> <laughs> that was embarrassing. I'll never forget that. Who thought that would work? There's no way they rehearsed that and it worked. Shawn Michaels must have called it in the ring. Come on, we're got, our adrenaline's up. Let's go for that back bridge you used to do. I've never done that. It's a gentleman <laughs> era before you. What the fuck? And he goes back bridging with Hogan? You think me and Dusty were back bridging? I didn't even do it with Sting. Do I sound like Dusty? That's my, I mean, do I, who am I being? Do I sound like the guy I was being? Uh, I don't know who you were being. I think Rick you might have Flair. been being Joe Rogan during the uh, fucking God. Because uh, Shawn Michaels bust out that figure four again. I think that because I remember uh, in the WWE video games when Shawn would do it, it was always called the inverted figure four. So I think Shawn just does a fucked up figure four. And that's something we have to live with. It's a heel hook. He's given Chris Jericho a heel hook. I saw it too. You're not crazy, Joe Rogan. You're it's being just... Joe Rogan. Ricardo, I was being bald Shawn Michaels. Ooh, bald Sean? I don't like bald Sean Michaels. I know you like the bald look, but shit, man, you rock it better than he does. Like he comes out and he looks like a goblin gimp. It's only two people that could pull off being bald: me and the Undertaker. I don't know what everyone else is trying to do around here, Ricardo. But it was great to see Sean Michaels get a win after enraging me. I don't know, Ricardo. I still kind of root for him, even though I turned against him. Then we got Mickey James and James and Todd Grisham backstage, and Mickey James's hair. She's having some mid-career crisis. I, I don't know what's going on with this Pleasantville in color hairstyle, but it doesn't make her look younger. It made her look way older. She's Piggy James while she has this hairstyle, as far as I'm concerned. But then JBL interrupts Piggy JBL with his big tits. <laughs> and he says, you want to ask? Because Todd Grisham asked Mickey about John Cena. And we all know the rumors about John Cena and Mickey. We know what went down. They were the Tammy Sitch and Shawn Michaels of their era. All over the place backstage. Wait till that's something to wrestle with. I don't know who's going to host. Wait till Brian Gewertz. Wait till something to wrestle with, Brian Gewertz. And he lets out that era's sexy gossip, Ricardo, about Mickey and John. But he asked Mickey about John. And JBL barges in. You want to ask me about John? He says, John Cena didn't beat me. I beat John Cena for 20 minutes. I don't know. I kind of like that logic. But now it's sad knowing that you spoiled his retirement's coming. This is logic I feel like JBL has employed in the past, like as a, as a commentator, like, yeah, whatever. He lost by a roll-up. He got his ass kicked for 15 minutes. He lost the match. Who gives a shit? So I like that idea that JBL is like, kind of like a no. If you took the bigger beating, you lost the fight. It doesn't fucking matter. I hate it. 
And then we see Batista. Uh, oh, no, no. Batista's later. Sorry. Then we <laughs> see a match with Beth versus Melina versus Mickey. Here's the thing, Ricardio. Santino wasn't there. So then we see Batista threatening HBK. <laughs> threatening I HBK. had that, too. I was, I was taking notes while I was watching this. And it's like, this is the first triple threat women's title match at a judgment day. And then the next one is Undertaker was crushing people's larnixes. Beth Phoenix has been very impressive in 2008, though. What a great, even the entrance, I like the pose, the song. It has an odd 80s feel to it. And it's production or the drums that are used. There's no bass, but it's catch. Weird, very strange song. I want to steal it as our new intro from now on. It's the war song from now on, Ricardio. Get some Luigi clips over that Beth Phoenix song for me, and we'll have a new intro by Saturday. Best Saturday. But, Ricardio, uh, we end up having – who wins this one? Mickey pins Molina, right? Uh, yeah, I think that's what happens. Somebody wins this match. Then Batista threatens HBK backstage. <laughs> he looks at him and says, I told you if your injury was fake, I would hurt you next time I see you. But I'm going to do it on my terms. Drax is so mad. I, that feud apparently doesn't continue, though, because we get more – Jericho Sean. So I'll be interested to see what happens at One Night Stand, which I can't believe is next, Ricardio. I didn't know there was one of these in 2008. I thought we had 2005, 2006. What the fuck is going to happen at a One Night Stand with Kane on the cover? That's sad. I actually forgot about that, too. There's so much uh, from this, especially this year of wrestling, where I didn't have cable. Uh, I wasn't mom wasn't going to pay $60 for a fucking WWE show that she didn't want me watching in the first place. I got very sparing glimpses into wrestling, just watching SmackDown on the CW. Like I have a, a vivid memory of Shawn Michaels pinning Kane on some Raw. And it was great. Uh, shit, man. I don't know what's going to happen. I can't wait to see Undertaker vs. Edge. Oh, yeah, I just saw it today. Again, Ricardio, it won't end this feud. Undertaker wins via countout. We have a vacant title, Ricardio, because when Undertaker beat Edge with, as McFoley called it, a hold that knows no equal last week. When, well, it was 10 years ago, but we talked about it last week. Uh, there was blood coming out of Edge's mouth. You might remember this. Uh, well, apparently Vicky believes that this hold is illegal, and she stripped Undertaker of this belt. And not only that, after Undertaker won, he's not champion because it was by countout, she says. Which, didn't this just happen? Wasn't there like a vacant... Yeah, Brock... Oh, Brock and Braun. Brock F5 Braun over the top rope and almost won by countout. Uh, they almost repeated a nice countout on a vacant title finish, which Vicky would have come out if that happened. Excuse I can't do it. I want to do the <laughs> excuse me. My favorite Vicky line isn't excuse me anymore. It's, oh, my God, I love you. I'm so sorry. She was yelling at Edge. Oh, that camera shouldn't have been on me while I was doing that. Get that camera off me when I'm doing Vicky. But, Ricardo, this match ended up being a sideways move, but we keep the story going, hopefully. I want Undertaker v. Edge 9 at One Night Stand 2008. Hopefully we'll get a world champion at the next pay-per-view. I mean, this is one of the things I do you know. I'm not going to spoil anything, but we do get to see, uh, you know, SummerSlam. You've always, you've often called SummerSlam like the real WrestleMania. And yep. I feel like 2008, especially, at least for Edge versus Undertaker, is the fucking WrestleMania of 2008. It's a beautiful fucking paper. I can't wait. We're getting it. All right. 
Uh, luckily, ladies will be back for that one. Then, Ricardio, we get Randy Orton backstage with a velvet red backdrop like it's fucking picture day at WWE. And he was next in line. And he picked red. And he cuts a promo about why he's going to win a match later. Then MVP comes out, Ricardio. And not the MVP we've been used to in this year. No U.S. title. He lost it to Matt Hardy at the event before this. No blown up entrance, like blow up doll thing. He just walked out. And then Matt Hart, he wants an opponent. He said he had no matches at this event, no tent. So Matt Hardy comes out and says, I'm not your opponent, but this guy is. Then Jeff Hardy beats MVP. And I assume this is MVP's downward spiral that I've heard about where he loses until he's gone. Uh, Ricardo, spoil that for me. Uh, this is, I don't think this is that just yet. I think MVP lasts until like late 2009. And then, you know, after that, he starts tag teaming with Mark Henry on main event. We never see him again. But for like some period of time, MVP had a high profile feud on SmackDown with Jeff Hardy that was based around MVP just kind of showing up and hitting Jeff with that drive by kick of his. So that's I think this be might now. be the, the start yes. of that. And that's perfect. And that's good news because with Vleeties, I've been trying to sell him on MVP. Been trying to let him know, and I don't even know why. I've never liked MVP, <laughs> but now that I rewatched 2008, I love everything. Blow up doll entrances are great. MVP's shitty attire is awesome, and I don't know. It just makes him look fat, doesn't it? But if you look at <laughs> MVP, he's probably not fat. He's probably a great athlete. He's probably got two of them, but that attire. And also, it should probably just go all the way down the legs too. I don't like seeing his ankles, but not his arms. It's a very strange attire that i've despised my entire life but something about 10 years passing looks pretty cool now there's something weird about like every single decision they made with his attire right like it, his weird little wetsuit stops like kind of oddly short he, he's got his breathe right strip there was like an entire match between him and triple h on a smackdown and the whole story of it was like triple h working mvp's nose like he did a drop toe hold and MVP sold his nose for the rest of the match while Triple H did like a high knee. He did that fucking other nose movie does the pedigree. I think it's called just a whole nose match. God damn it. Ricardio MVP lost to Jeff Hardy and this feud's coming. How does this even continue though? It's like, I'm so mad at Matt that I'm going to beat up his brother. Like he already lost this one. Why are we going to even continue this? I can't wait for one night stand. And I assume all the brands are going to be there. ECW gets to steal time at Judgment Day. I want to see The Miz in shorts. Well, he is at... No, he's not on ECW. I want to see The Miz in shorts at One Night Stand. Fuck yeah, man. We got to get The Miz in shorts everywhere. He's in fucking trunks now. You know what's weird about that match is Jeff Hardy won it with Whisper in the Wind. And I I don't remember that ever being his finisher or him pinning people with that. That, I always either remember like the shitty Twist of Fate or the awesome Swanton Bomb. Oh, I was jerking off during this one too. Yeah, I missed the finish, Ricardio, but... Really didn't forget the finish. That's what I'm cooking. Ricardo, Triple H faces Randy Orton in a cage match in the main event. And I remember a great Triple H Ric Flair cage match. And I feel like there was another Triple H Orton one years before, like 2004, when Randy Orton was a young non-viper. And this was also the debut of I Hear Voices in My Head. Maybe maybe not the debut, but the pay-per-view debut. Because at the last event, it was, hey, the good one, nothing you can say. But I was enjoying some voices in my head while he was studying the cage. You always hear how good Randy Orton is. And this was him at his peak, I'd say, 2008, 2009, at his leanest, when he was most disciplined. And the way he took a this cage, like the whole night, 
I'm thinking like, oh, a cage match. Like it doesn't feel unique to this. It doesn't feel special. I prefer a cage to a cell. I'll say it over and over. Stay in that ring. I don't want you to ever leave the ring during a match. And no, I don't like lumberjack matches or cardio. That doesn't mean that. I'll make that connection on me. Well, I mean, for the lumberjack match, they have to leave the ring to get thrown back in. So, of yeah. course, you hate that. So, I love the cage match, but it didn't feel very special. But Orton's entrance all of a sudden put the cage over. Made the cage special. The way he's studying it, walking towards it with the voices song. Ah, hear voices crying. What is that cage? Oh, and he gets in it and he's looking around. And Triple H tries to do it too, but it's just more douchey and Triple H-y. It doesn't really put the cage over. It just buries it. Triple H buried the cage when he looked at it. Randy Orton really made it feel special. And the match itself, I, I must have jerked off again. Uh, did I get in three during this Judgment Day? I hope that they don't take it personally. WWE when I jerk off three times during a pay-per-view. Now, for what it's worth, I split the viewing into two different days. So I did, didn't exactly jerk off three times. But uh, we ended with Triple H posing on the cage. Yeah, I mean, shit. This is, it's hard to say it, because I didn't pay that much attention to this match either. It was, it's like, you know, this is probably going to be a pretty good steel cage match, but it's Triple H versus Randy Orton again. And I don't like either of these two people. Randy Orton, he's been a dick my entire childhood. Triple H, my entire childhood is filled with him being a dick to all my favorite wrestlers, especially Shawn Michaels, always fucking stabbing him in the back at some juncture. So really, it's hard for me to care. And that's a little marky, but just like when when your whole, kidhood is these people being cunts. It's hard to like them. As I enjoyed this one the least, but I enjoyed it. But here's the problem. There's signs. Mickey James's hair. Triple H winning. Like this 2008's turning sour. It's turning into 2009. Which I was hoping would also be good. So, uh, Ricardio, I really loved Unforgiven, and I can only hope that we get back on the baseline of 2008, because whatever that was, when I watched it, was awesome. So between now and then, there might be a one-night stand, but there's still a then. There's still an Unforgiven. We might have to just rewatch that Unforgiven in chronological order when it comes. I already teased it to Vladis as a joke, but now I kind of want to. Uh, but Ricardo, Judgment Day, let's hope it's not a hex on the year. Let's hope it's not a sign of things to come. Unforgiven might be the only glimmer of hope left. And God, this doesn't have December to dismember in it, does it? Then we're really <laughs> fucked. But I don't know, Ricardo. I'll give a Judgment Day a four in uh, what's below three quarter stars? Uh, five. Half. Uh, half. Two quarter stars. I give it four and a half stars, which is the lowest amount of stars of all the pay-per-views of 2008. So they better get their fucking shit together and get more Matt Hardy matches. Not just, oh, yeah, <laughs> which I love that song, version one. But we need him wrestling. Matt Hardy's so over. What's going on? I guess one night stand will be the Matt Hardy show. He, he definitely does become more prominent. Like, I remember specifically, it, I, here's the thing. I think it's when he starts being a dick to Jeff, which is, I think, where this whole MVP feud ties in. Like, oh, my God. Th holy shit. I think I'm getting flashbacks now of, like, I think MVP tried to take credit for burning down Jeff's house or something. And then Matt comes out and he's like, I did that or some some crazy fucked up shit. And then they have an I quit match at WrestleMania. Now, that's definitely just a dirt sheet. The Miz was being Jeff Hardy. John Morrison was being Big Show. <laughs> and they walked by a burning house. And, oh, it was the best. <laughs> Ricardo, stop trying to spoil dirt sheet, okay? I would <laughs> do the dirt sheet for dirt sheet. I want to see it. So tell me what happens. There's so many characters the Miz can be with that bald head. 
He just has to put on that plastic cap and he becomes anyone. And it's weird to see, like I said, I took a nap and woke up in 2009 earlier watching this. And the Mrs. Promo grows so much by 2009. He puts on a long John Cena promo. And he's calling out people in the crowd, a lot of improv. It's not quite wannabe Miz that wants to be Jericho a couple of years later. But you see him becoming that character that got Miz TV. That steals the show today. And Ricardia, we will talk about today now. I mean, we've been dwelling on 2008 for too long. And that's my fault. Because after Crown Jewel, I just don't want to relive it. But we have to. That's what we're here for. That's what TWFS is for, Ricardio. It's therapeutic. We, we have, it's kind of like a group meeting. We get together. We let out all the sh- bald Shawn Michaels stealing millions from terrorists emotions. And then we sleep a little better, Ricardio. And we should talk about Daily Burn, too, today, because I'm back on that. And, Ricardio, it was an honor to go back to 2008 with you. Oh my god, it absolutely was great. I fucking loved revisiting this like early part of my childhood as a wrestling fan. Like this was like the crest, almost the very beginning. Before that, it was like watching some Mexican kid at Taekwondo camp play SmackDown versus Raw on his PlayStation Portable. You know, like I didn't get this. Uh, it, it was sort of like a an ever growing stream of wrestling at this point, and I'm I'm happy to relive it with you. If you don't know Ricardio, he's on KevinScampoli.com as the co-host of War. Also on iTunes, search the whole effing show or click the link in the description. Subscribe, Ricardio. It's free. Get your podcasts. And you host War with me, and Vlides is on vacation, and that's why we're talking to you tonight. So let's take a small intermission, let's come back, and let's talk about modern wrestling in our lives, Ricardio. It's been too long. It's been over a month. There's so much catching up for us to do. So the website is kevinscampoli.com, Ricardio. And until the day we die. We are, we are, we are. We're the best talkers alive. We'll be right back. It's an intermission.
music makes you feel something. People aren't built tough anymore. They aren't built to grind. They're built weak, soft. They're used to second place trophies. I'll tell you a story, Booker. I, I fought in a tournament and I took fourth place. On the way home from that tournament, I had a trophy in my hand and my dad said, hey, let me see that trophy. And he threw it out the window while we were on the highway home. I don't accept fourth place, third place, second place. I was built to be tough. I was built to last and I was built to get things done by any means necessary. Cruz also grew up watching John Cena, as you can tell from how thickly muscled he is. <laughs> 